Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Good morning. This is what we will do this morning. I've got a sermon and then with a video to show at the end. It's a longer video than usual. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's an interview and our host uh, on that show is John Wong. So I think you'll enjoy that. All right. Uh, haven't you, you been blessed by the series that we just ended the last few weeks? It's amazing. So don't lose that. It's all on the website. It's all in the app. Just go back, refer to the series, you know, and just keep rehearsing it. Just keep hearing it and... Uh, the notes will be made available, I think, very, very soon. We're packaging the whole thing into a little uh, something that you can uh, share with your friends. But I really believe that, that that's a very important series for our church. Amen. Soul prosperity. Everything starts when we're prosperous in our soul. Somebody say amen. 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 Uh, I like to simplify things. I'm not a very complicated person. Uh, maybe because... I, when we're so complex that we miss out in, in the beauty in the, in the simple. All right? The Bible says that we have to be careful not to allow the enemy to distract us from the simple devotion to Christ. And I think that uh, simplicity is genius. I feel that oftentimes we, comp- we complicate things. And, and as much as I love theology, I feel that sometimes you know, theologians can complicate the faith. And uh, in my pursuit for simplicity, I've always looked for equations, right? And uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, the Christian faith can be reduced to uh, a few words, you know, in different parts of our faith. And how, how I want to live my life for the, for the rest of my life is, you know, I, I want to live my life just as, as simple as hearing God's voice clearly, right, and obeying Him radically. I think that's the essence of what it means to be a Christian, hearing God's voice clearly and obeying Him radically. Someone say Amen. It's as, it's, it's as simple as that. Now, but both are not easy, right? So, sim- so simple doesn't mean that it's easy. Both are not easy. To hear God's voice clearly, you've got to have a relationship with God. You've got to know His voice. You've got to recognize Him in, uh, you know, in the everyday life. You've got to see the signs uh, that God is sending to us, whether it's true coincidences or what you are sensing and feeling. It takes years of practice. It's a bit like when I first dated uh, my girlfriend, then now my wife. The first few times when she called, I couldn't recognize her voice. It doesn't mean that I don't love her, right? It just simply means that I'm cultivating the relationship. But over time, I recognize her. Even you know, when she tries to pretend, I could tell that it's my wife and vice versa, you know? And that's part of growing as a believer. But hearing God's voice clearly, but it doesn't mean that when, when you hear God's voice clearly that uh, you could obey Him radically, especially when God says something to you that's like ridiculous. Like for example, step out of the boat and walk on water. Alright, you almost want to say, I rebuke you Satan, right? It doesn't make sense. But you know that that's, that that's the Lord's voice and that's when you've got to make a decision. Do you obey Him radically? Alright, much around the wall seven uh, uh, once a day, on the seventh day, around seven times, you can't even speak. And this is the battle plan. On the last day, you would blow the trumpet and the walls would come down. Now, if, if you were Joshua, you heard God's voice clearly, 
But we obey Him radically because our, because our human mind would say, let's take up swords, let's have our battle plans all drawn out, we will send the armies before us. But we heard God's voice clearly, but we obey Him radically. Now, it's easier uh, said than done. Sure, I'll do it. Sure, we will send the praise band before uh, the troops and they will sing hallelujah and, and God will disperse the enemy. That's what Jehoshaphat did. They heard God's voice clearly, but did they obey Him radically? Of course, they did and we know the end of the story. But you have to understand that if you put yourself uh, in their shoes, it's not an easy decision to obey God radically. Now, it's easy to obey God when things are simple. For example, you know, when God says, marry this beautiful girl, sure, God, I will. So for Jason to marry cons, that's a very easy decision because he married up. <laughs> hallelujah. Likewise, for Andre to marry Amy, hallelujah. Are you with me? So there are things in life when, when God leads us, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer, especially when we look at this beauty before us and we say, of course, God, who else would I want to marry? But there are things that we read in scriptures where God's people had to pay a price in their obedience in God. All right? And that's the life of faith where we, we are called to uh, uh, live by. And so, hearing God's, hearing God's voice clearly, obeying Him radically. So, that's one equation I uh, live my life with. All right, and along the same line, let's look at the Bible. All right, let's uh, look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, Eyes to See. And I really believe that as we go into a new season, don't you feel that we're in a new season? Do you feel it? It's a bit like, you know, you can feel it in the air. We're in a new season. Worship's amazing, sermon's amazing, church is filling up, and I can recognize that. You can recognize that Winter has passed, spring has come, you are starting to see uh, the leaves uh, growing and you're feeling it in the air, you can feel it. You can feel it, we're in a new season and I want to speak into this new season and I want to give us some uh, principles to help us steward this season. All right, and eyes to see. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Along the, the same lines, but let's read this verse first. All right, it says, For by grace, say by grace, you have been saved through faith. Say through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Say the gift of God. I really believe, all right, this is, this, Paul here is referring to our salvation. For you are saved by grace through faith. But can I suggest to you that apart from our salvation, everything in life is by grace through faith everything in life. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is by grace. And God freely pour out His Spirit, but, by, but through faith we receive a, an infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's by grace. It's unmerited. It's divine, uncommon uh, power. And through faith, we've got to believe that God wants to give us His Spirit. We've got to believe that that's a second experience from the experience of salvation. Speaking in tongues, some of you struggle with that subject because it didn't make sense to you. But we read in the scriptures that Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. We can, we can either explain that away and say, well, he, was, he learned a lot of language, he went to language school, he speaks Japanese, Italian, blah, 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 blah. Or we can just simply say, 
It's a spiritual gift. And we've got to, by, uh, by faith, uh, by grace, through faith, appropriate the gift. Likewise, words of knowledge. Likewise, healing. Likewise, church. Likewise, life groups. So we believe in community. It's all by grace, through faith. Some of you may, may say, I tried once. It, it didn't work. Small groups, not, not my thing. Nothing is your thing, guys. Everything is a gift of God. Community is a gift of God. It's a gift of God. If we leave it to, our, to ourselves, we we'll prefer to be hermits living in, in a cave and, you know, and just read our books, all the introverts. But community is a gift of God. It's all by grace and through faith, they've got to appropriate the power of fellowship. Church coming to sun to Sunday, sitting there, it's everything in life is by grace through faith. Amen. Amen. So this morning's subject is not grace. Alright. I want to encourage you to study grace because that's a powerful truth. Grace is scandalous. Grace is undeserving. It's, un, it's undeserved favor. It's uncommon power. It is what we need. It is not just taking whatever God has for us. That's a, uh, grace, it's, it's also a coach. It teaches us, the Bible says, it trains us in godliness. It's not just, oh, I can do whatever, whatever I want and then I'll go to heaven. That's, that's not true grace. If you read the book of Titus, the Bible says that the grace of God has appeared to all men and it teaches us to live godly. Grace is a teacher of righteous living. Amen? So when your pastors teach you how to live righteously, they are not being legalistic. They are empowering you with grace. Are you with me? Don't let anyone in the world say to you that by putting godly expectations on our lives that that's legalism. I do it on my kids all the time. They may think that I'm legalistic for now, but in time to come, they will appreciate it. Parents, amen, is part of parenting. It's part of parenting. And God's a good father. He's a good father. But this morning, I want to talk about faith. Oh, it's my pet subject. When I said to my wife, I'm talking about faith, she says, that's you. And I said, yeah, I love faith. Because everything in life is by grace through faith. And I really believe that I wouldn't be where I am in life, in my family, with people, if it's not faith. It's, you know, and faith is a gift of God as well. And, but I've got to allow myself to grow in faith. That There are different levels of faith. And we train our faith uh, when we use faith. All right, faith, is, faith is like a muscle. If you don't use it, you will lose it. All right, and it starts small. For example, when the, when the Bible says tithe, some of you will, will, will say, well, I don't believe it's uh, blah, blah, blah. Come on, start when, start when you are given pocket money, $200 from your parents, tithe, 20 Oh, I can buy a pair of shoes for 20 bucks. Now you can't, but in those days I can. All right? But, to see, you know, but it's through faith you stretch. I can just go on by telling you things that, that, that I've done that you know, requires faith. If it doesn't require faith, then it is not God. Amen. Alright, so but what exactly is faith? That's, this is what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for 
is going to happen. Can you see it? Too small? Sure, no problem. You can have it in your app, all right? <laughs> and to be certain of the things we do not see. I want, I want to suggest to us that there are more than one way of looking at things. You hear that? There are more than one way of looking at things. There's an unseen dimension. We learned this in the soul series that we are spirit beings going through a human experience, which means that there's a realm that we don't see. That's a realm. All right, you can see, Daniel, that's tangible, but one day I'll be gone, but my spirit lives on, and I'll be cheering you on from heaven. You don't see that, but it's true. Amen. Billy Graham has just passed on, but he's more alive today than he was when he was on the earth. And I believe he's cheering us on. We don't see that. So you can either think, ah, that's not true, or you can just simply believe that that's what the Bible says, that he's part of the cloud of witnesses cheering us on. So what I'm trying to say here is that there are different ways of looking at things. It's a bit like um, one of my favorite movies is The Matrix. And of course, you know that famous scene when Neo was uh, with Morpheus, right? And he was offered the blue pill and... Come on, and the red pill. Now, if you have not watched this, it, it, it's either you are too young or you are not a movie buff, all right? But if you are, if, if are too young, I want to strongly encourage you. That's a classic. It's, it's, it's one of the best movies of all time, right? Do you all agree? You don't? I, I really believe that there, there are a lot of gospel stories that, 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 that the gospel is presented. Red pill. <laughs> no, trying too hard. The blood. <laughs> the blood. But, this is, but this, this, this is what Morpheus said to Neo. He, he says, after this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the logic and the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill and you stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, he said, all I'm offering is the truth. You take the red pill and you stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the, ra the, ra the rabbit hole goes. All I'm offering is the truth. I took the red pill. I was like most of us growing up, logical, rational, looking at things the human way. Until I start to, to, to understand the unseen realm, why I was 17 years old, you've heard this story many times, let me repeat myself, all right? I was 17 years old, and I was a catcher in church, and I was a prophet that, that said, that's a Daniel, that's not too far from where I am. I said, that's me. I stepped out, he gave me a prophetic word that didn't make sense. Listen, didn't make sense, but it resonated. My spirit just went I knew God was speaking. Didn't make sense, but everything in me came alive. And I realized that's exactly what I was made for. What? To, to bring together youth groups, to, uh, to be part of the fivefold ministry, to speak into pastors' lives, blah, 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 blah. So it was way beyond my wildest dreams. It was like Daniel in the Wonderland. What do you mean? I, I, 
I was just a kid. I was 17 years old. I didn't even finish school yet, but there was this resonance and I knew that God was speaking. I couldn't see it yet. It was many years later before it becomes a reality, but something resonated. Now, I can either say nonsense and shelve it, or I said, God, you are real. And I took the red pill. And do you know what? I've been in Wonderland for a long time. This church is part of the story. What we did in the last 15 years, me and, me, and, me and my wife, part of the story. Fostering, adoption, part of the story. It doesn't make human sense. But the problem with a lot of us is we always want it to make sense first before we act. So young moving to Singapore, they didn't make sense to her. Many of us, the move into our next season requires grace and faith. By grace, through faith. It didn't make sense. But there are two ways of looking at things. And so can I suggest to you that, you know, there are many different definitions of faith, but I would like to see faith as seeing from God's perspective or seeing from God's point of view. Seeing from God's point of view. Just think about this. Gideon, when he was called by God to become a deliverer, a judge, he was hiding, right? Wasn't he hiding? Well, he was threshing wheat in the wine press. Now, no one threshes wheat in the wine press. The wine press is a small space, probably just um, three, four meters by three, four meters. And when you thresh wheat, you need a big space, all right? Which means he was hiding. He was hiding from the enemies. He was afraid. He was a coward. And the voice of the Lord came to him and said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Is there another Gideon in this wine press? So, I mean, you're, talk- you're talking to me? God, he didn't get it. I was hiding. I'm afraid. I'm a coward. No, as far as God's concerned, you're a mighty man of valor. Gehazi waked up one, woke up one morning, looked out the window, and he saw the chariots of the Syrians. He was afraid. Because it was just Elisha and Gehazi against uh, an entire army, right? So he was afraid. He, he quickly went to Elisha, his master, and said, Master, Master, look, the chariots and the horses and the army were outnumbered. And Elisha said, open your eyes. Because those who are with us are more than those who are against us. The prophets saw the unseen. The soldiers and the chariots of horses, they, they, they may seem many, but the armies of God are more than the armies of the enemy. Friends, there's a realm that we don't see, but there are two ways we can look at things. Are you with me? And it's the same in our, in our, in, in our lives, in your career. It, everything may seem challenging. But what's the word of the Lord? That, that's, the, that's the key. What has God said to you when you take up that job? You know, if, if, if you don't have a word, then don't move. But if you've heard the word of the Lord clearly and you move and things are playing out, then hold on to the word of the Lord. The Bible says with that prophetic word, which a good warfare. Doesn't, don't, don't just take it lying down. Take, wage a good warfare. You need to see your work from God's perspective. Amen? Family, likewise, when they've got children that may appear challenging, 
as they are growing up, do you see them in the natural and say, well, you naughty boy, you are terrible, you are this, you are that, you are useless, you are... Or do you remember the word? I, I tell, I tell the, of all the prophetic words I've uh, received, as powerful as they are about my life, my ministry, I'm called to be an apostle, blah, blah, I've, I was prophesied out, right? Most of us, if you understood what I'm saying, when you're growing up in a prophetic environment, you receive the same prophetic word every time you see a prophet. The first time was, wow! The second time was, yay! The third time was, okay! Fourth time was, hmm! Fifth time is, I've heard that before. But do you know something as a parent that you will never get tired of hearing? The first time I heard it was, uh, and, and, and it's not a powerful word. Well, as far as in the world's eyes is, is concerned, Nikki Rai Bodhi, one of my Indian friends from the US, walked up to me in our, the first time he spoke in our camp back in Cornerstone. He said, I've got a word for, uh, for you. It was before the, all the apostles, blah, blah, blah. Was, you know, he, he said, the Lord spoke to me and said that he will take care of your, your children. Oh, it sounds like a, it sounds like what I would say to John right, as an encouragement. He will take care of Zion. Oh, but Nikki said, the Lord said. And I said, I believe so. Yes, yes, and amen. All right. And do you know what? I hung on to that word as the kids were growing up, whether they, are, they were falling down, whether they were wayward in school, you receive a call from the teachers or from the discipline master, right? regardless of the winding path that they walk through. Do you know what I hung on to? God will take care of your children. And then last year in October, again, we were in ICLV, a church in Las Vegas. And Paul Goulet, the pastor in this prophetic uh, presbytery, he was praying for different people and then he said to Joy, my wife, and he said, I don't know why, joy, but I just felt the Lord says that in this next season, God will take care of our children. You don't have to be afraid or be concerned or be, He will take care of And you start going like, bam, 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 bam. And then the rest of the presbytery, the prophets all came up and said, I just felt the same word for joy. And start speaking to our family life. This was, be, this was be, before we entered into a strange year when, when Titus hurt his leg or, you know, when, <laughs> and there's a series of strange events. The prophetic word prepared us. So I don't look at the circumstance and say, oh, poor me, man, I'm so poor thing. I, I think I better have a few more helpers. I better, you know, send them for counseling and for this and for that. No, I don't react like that. That's carnal response, Christians. That's carnal. You go back to the Lord and say, what have you spoken all, all, all over my children, my child? And with that word, you choose to believe that the unseen reality is truer than what you are seeing. It's truer that God will take care of my children. And he's a better counselor than the psychiatrist. He's, be- he's, a, he's a better parent than the father. And he is so much better than all of us. And he has a hope and a future for all my kids. It doesn't mean I don't do my part. It simply means that I've got to partner with God in shaping their lives. And when I fail, I know that I've got a backing that doesn't move. So it's seeing from God's point of view. And that's exactly what the Bible says. That's what Jason has been praying for many years. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light so that you can see the wonderful future God has promised to those who love Him. What, what is Paul saying? Paul is saying that, hey, 
a lot of us are blind. <laughs> That's exactly what he's saying. He says, what are you talking about? So that, you, so that you can see the eyes of your heart being flooded with light so that you can see the wonderful future. And can I suggest to all of us that God has a wonderful future for your life, for your work, for your family, for your ministry, for your assignment in life, for this church, for this nation. He has a wonderful future. And that, and that doesn't change. That doesn't change. So we can either look at our future with faith or with fear, right? Especially when the circumstance around us doesn't seem too promising. We can either choose fear or choose faith. If you look at the, if you look at the natural, if you, if, you, if you respond in the natural, you will be afraid. You will be afraid. But if you, but if, if you choose to see through eyes of faith, and that's why I'm, what, what I want to say to you this morning is, have eyes to see. Eyes to see. Turn the person next to you and say, eyes to see. Have eyes to see. Take the red pill. And what is true will become real to you. Take the red pill. And oftentimes people may not understand because they don't see what you see. And that's what a visionary is. That's, that's what a prophetic person is. And you know what? It's not just reserved for some people. The Bible says, oh, I wish that the entire nation can prophesy. In other words, what God is saying is, oh, what I, how I wish that all of you can, can hear my voice for yourself, can see through the way I see. That's exactly what the Bible is saying. It says, I want all of us to be prophetic. I want all of us to hear my voice. I want all of us, I want all of you, I want all of you to see through my perspective. That's what I want. Don't, it's not just for the person in the front or for Andre or for the prophetic person that will come once in a while give you prophetic words. Now, these are all great. Produce arrestments. But what's the point? The point is he wants all of us to see. He wants all of us to hear. That's what I pray all over my kids when they were growing up. God, give them eyes to see. Give them ears to hear. That. Am I saying that they are blind or they are deaf? No. I'm saying that that's a spiritual reality that I pray that when they, that when they are growing up, they will experience isn't that the heart of all parents? Every parent in this room. Do you want them to see the natural or see the supernatural? Come on. Church, come on. Parents, see the natural see the, super, the, see the supernatural. The supernatural, the unseen, which is as real as the scene, but it requires the reason of use. Come on, see the way God sees you. See the way God sees the situation and partner with Him. So the best story in the Bible to illustrate that is interesting is the story of the, of the 12 spies, right? Going to the promised land. And can I say something to you? God has a promised land for your life. I don't want just to apply this to our church. I believe that we're about to cross over. In fact, I believe we're at the brink of something fresh and new. And I'll tell you more about that in the late, later in, in the coming weeks. But I believe we're at the threshold of something powerful. But that's not just for the church. I believe for many of you, you're at the threshold. Some of you I've been speaking to, you are talking about, maybe I should change my job, maybe I should... Listen, you're at the threshold of your promised land. Some of you in your family life, likewise, God has made precious promises over your children. It may not seem like you know, it's a reality yet, but you're at the threshold. 
And like one of those 12 spies, God wants to give you a foretaste. He wants you to, he wants you to, um, have, a, to have an idea of what the land looks like. So join me on this journey in going to the land full of milk and honey, not just for the church, for your life, for your family. And just, you can just put yourself into the shoes of one of these 12 spies, all right? You didn't know that, their names then? Strange names except Joshua and Caleb. Interesting. And they were in the promised land. And you have to understand that this has been two years since they came out from Egypt. And they've been wandering. So listen, some wandering is good. And do you know what? We wandered a little bit, right, Christine, in our church? Don't judge the years of wandering because that's part of the training process. We make some mistakes. We murmur a little bit. We complain a little bit. Some wandering is part of our training. Isn't that what the Bible says? If you read the whole story, God allowed them to wander for two years to train them, to teach them. That's what we went through. We were eight years old. It, it, you know, I don't think that it's year specific. I don't think that it's like two years. Must, no, I, I, I think it's a season. It's fine. A season of wandering is part of God's plan. Am I, make, am I making sense? It, it, you have to get it. In your own personal life, it's the same thing. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us wander. All right? That's the sheep nature within us. But aren't you glad we have a shepherd? Aren't you glad that whenever we wander, that the shepherd of our soul and the shepherd of this church will bring us back on course? So some wandering is fine. We've wandered. I'm the first to, to say I've wandered. That's part of the whole process. All right? But now, after two years, they are standing at the brink and they have to recognize when you are at the brink and you have to make some decisions. And so Moses sent 12 spies in, the leader from each tribe, and that's the responsibility of lead- leadership. It's, this is, it, it's a scary thing. All right? Because what you say or what you don't say, you know, your opinion about the promised land will shape the destiny of an entire nation. Scary! But that's leadership. So they went in and they saw everything God promised. Isn't that interesting? They saw everything. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. What that means simply is that it's a, it's a lush and flourishing land. So much so that the grapes were this big. They've got to, two men have got to carry grapes. All right, so they actually brought some samples back to Moses. All right, so they brought, some sam- they brought some samples back and they said, oh, it's a wonderful land. The land God's promised is wonderful. All right. But the problem is, there's a but. There's a big but in between the promise. <laughs> Let's have a look at the next slide. So the, when, see, when we see with eyes of fear, the ten spies, right? So what do you see? What happens when we see with eyes of fear? Next slide, please. What the, ten, what, the, what, the, what the ten scouts saw, they exaggerate their difficulties. And that's what the Bible says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 to 28. They all agree. That's exactly what God promised. It is a magnificent land. They all agree. But it's a but. It's a big but. I know you, you guys remember this for the rest of the, the sermon, right? But the people living there are powerful. Is it, is it a fact? 
Is it, is it a fact? Are the people that powerful? Yes, fact. And their cities are fortified and large. Is that a fact? Compared to their tents, definitely, right? They've got walls, they've got... What's more, we saw Anakim giants there. Is that a fact? It's a, it's a fact. They're big people, right? They're huge. So the lands, uh, the lands magnificent, the people are powerful, the cities are fortified large. What's more, we saw giants there. Now, that's all facts, all right? That's a report. If they end there, they, they are just simply stating the facts. Facts. But the problem is, let's move on. Next uh, verse. And other spies said, they would crush us. Now, that's the interpretation of the facts. Hello? <laughs> They're interpreting the facts. Says who? Says them, not God. God says, you will possess the land you will go in. They will crush us. And so the majority report of the spies were negative. Strange. Facts. Interpretation. Why? Because they were seeing facts through eyes of fear. And the report became negative. The word crush there, if you read King James, it says devour. And, and in Hebrew, it actually means eat. So in other words, what the spies were saying is, the spies were saying that these giants will eat us for lunch. It's strange. But when you look at your problems or your circumstances or the future of this church or the future of your children or the future of your job or the future of uh, your life through the lens of fear, your problems appear bigger. Now, were these problems? Yes, they are powerful. True. Fortified? Yes. People are big? Yes. Lens? Magnificent? Yes. But there are some problems. There are some problems. Whenever we're in a transition, there always be challenges. Whenever we want to move from glory to glory, the next glory, there'll be challenges. Whenever you want to move from one level of faith to, 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 to the next, it seems heavier. Challenges. And only two spies had faith, Joshua and Caleb. They said, but God is with us. And that's what the rest of the, of the spies didn't see. All they saw were problems, 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 problems. Who likes to be with negative people? Now, all the bosses here, right? Now, you need to know facts, all right? But it's how people interpret facts that, you know, get to you at times, right? Like, you know, if, if, if you're in a meeting and all you hear is just negative, 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 negative. But what about the opportunity? No, but no, we can't. Negative, negative. No, we cannot. No, negative. And you fail to inherit the promises because you agree with the ten spies. Do you know something? People who trust God are always in the minority. Percentage terms, two out of twelve, ten out of twelve, which means that the only 15% of these people in this room would eventually agree that oh, as much as I get it here, Daniel, I get it here, but it's too big. It's impossible. We don't have the money. This, that. Let's move, let's move on. I've got no time. <laughs> the second thing that happens to us when we have uh, fear is we, we, we underestimate our, uh, our abilities. And this is what is funny. He, this, is, this is what 
the ten spies said, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. Now, I find this verse very funny. Uh, did they have an interview with the giants? Did they go to one of the, the Anakim? <laughs> Sounds like Star Wars here, right? <laughs> and so can I just have a quick interview? How do we look to you? Grasshoppers. Oh, okay. All right, let me report this back to Moses. You know, talk about low self-esteem. They see themselves as insects because they don't see who God is and who God is in them. All right, and so they see themselves as grasshoppers. But the problem is we project our fears on others all the time. And you start to spread. And the problem is, you know, they, they have been slaves for 400 years now. And they are still mentally enslaved. They saw themselves as helpless. They are enslaved by an idea. And that's the problem a lot of us go through. We hit a challenge in our previous life. There was no God, but we weren't healed. Our soul wasn't prospering. So whatever that we interpret is all through fear, uncertainty, blah, blah, blah. And we're afraid and you start to... Label yourself in a way that God didn't label you. Amen. Amen. Hear this clearly, all right? Oh yeah, you miss, you jumped the, the gun. It's, it's our perspective that defeats us. It's our perspective. It wasn't the giants. It wasn't the high walls. It wasn't how powerful the people were. How fortified the cities were. It is our perspective. That, and I'll just go off my notes and I've got a, a, a lot of points. I want, I want to show the video, so I'll make some time for that. All right, and, as we, and, you know, and when we get our perspective wrong, then we get discouraged. That's my next point. And we start to gripe about our own lives. We grumble, we murmur, and eventually we give up and we blame God. Why do you bring us out from Egypt? We prefer to be in uh, bondage. But the problem is we often confuse safety and slavery. Do you know that a lot of inmates preferred to stay behind bars because they didn't know how to survive in the free And that's exactly what was happening here with Israel. They were so used to people providing for them that there's no need to fight. Then they say, I'll prefer to be in bondage. At least I'm safer. At least I'm safer. And that's what some of us say. I know it's bad, but at least it's predictable. I know it's bad, but at least it's predictable. Oh, oh, I know this habit is self-defeating, but at least it's comfortable. Okay, it's, I, know, I know it's bad. Can I say this? There's no real freedom without taking risks. And today, if you've been wandering in circles, don't die wandering. Don't die in the desert. I want to charge you. Move ahead in faith. Move out in faith. Amen. So as I close, when you see through eyes of faith, faith strings our problem. Faith gives us a brand new perspective. We stop worrying because we realize that that's God's problem. He said it. I believe what He said. I know there are giants. I know the walls are huge, are high, but that's God's problem. And that's what, just move along, and that's what Joshua and Caleb saw. Can we just move along the slides? Then that's what Joshua, next slide please, and Caleb saw. 
while ten spies saw giants, Joshua and Caleb saw God. It's either you put your eyes on giants, which is a fact, or you put your eyes on God, which is truth. When God spoken, He will do what He said He will do. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing is impossible with God. And faith will open up a door for miracle. Faith will move God to act on our behalf. Faith unlocks all the precious promises. It's a master key. Faith turns God-given dreams into reality. I'll, I want to just stop here. Right? Next slide, please. Next. This is what I live by. Is this, is this verse my whole life? And God can do anything. You know. <laughs> Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. That's wonderland. In your wildest dreams. That is my wonderland. I live in the land of dreams. I don't want to live in the land of lost dreams. And I feel some of us here live in the land of lost dreams. Because you are so aware of facts that you've lost your dreams. And I want to encourage you to take the red pill again. And may the land of wild dreams become your reality. Every single day when you wake up in the morning, I'm in this land of wild dreams where all things are possible, where I am who God say I am, where I can do what God says I can do, when I will have what God says I will have, where I can accomplish my purpose, my destiny. And you start to speak that over your life. And because it's, and this is not just like, not, it's not self-help. This is, this is basically agreeing, aligning your confession with what God says. And every single day, you just live and camp in that place where God, you are more real to me than my own inadequacies, my own insecurities, my own fears, my own, uh, my own problems and the circumstances and the place I'm in. God, you are more real to me. These are facts. I'm weak. I can't do this. I don't have that. I, 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 no, I'm not trained. I lack the experience. These are all facts. But there's a God factor. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Next slide. I don't know whether it's this, this an appropriate quote. I didn't do a background check on the guy who said, who said it. He could be an atheist. I have no idea. But regardless, God can speak through donkeys. So if, you know, if this guy is a donkey as smart as he is, I like what the donkey is saying. It says, dream no small dreams, for they have no power to move the hearts of men. Do you know what Singapore needs? A new Singapore dream. Not survivors. Not, not, not just going through the motion. Singapore needs a new dream. Do you know what this church needs? has been eight years. And uh, the first two, three years were amazing. Yes, right? And of course, we went through our season, but those were dreams that we had together, Christine. Jason Corns. Those were dreams. Like, you know, we stepped out and we had a dream. And, uh, and the dream unites us. The dream moved us forward. Against all, all odds, we grew. We were never in debt. Isn't that a miracle? We have never been in debt. For a small church, why? Because if it's God's vision, He will provide. We've never been in debt. 
there was miracle after miracle because that's the God we serve. People give us free space to use for a year. Incredible. And over time, our eyes turned and we looked at facts. Made some mistakes because I didn't lead the way I should, I should, I should have led. The dreamer that I am. And I looked at the storms but not the promises. You know, but we navigate through that and I found my footing. Let's dream again, restructure a few things and I feel we're in a new season and I feel that, I don't know, as much as we're wandering now at the promised land and it's time for us to again be in that land of wild dreams. What can God do through 150 wild dreamers? Not just in our church. I'm not interested. People, I'm not interested you know, in how big the city grows and how famous we are. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in, in how well-known. I, I want to see God do amazing things through us. If you've been part of my youth ministry in previous years, and I still stand by that. There's one... I'll play a video soon. Can I stay back for like 10 more minutes? Just, you know, after 12. <laughs> Because we start late, so, you know, <laughs> two hours. <laughs> you know, when, when I was growing up, I read a, a verse in the book of Philippians. Right? And of course, I love the book of Philippians because Paul was writing to a friend. Um, it's a, and he loved the church in Philippi. But, as a, but it was also a very personal book. And of course, he said, I've counted, oh, it's dung, blah, 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 that I can gain Christ. I've, I've always been moved by all these verses. But there's a verse there that probably have read it but didn't make much, or didn't mean much to you, you know, but it means a lot to me. And, and that's what Paul says, that Christ may be magnified in my body. And when I read that verse one day, I got what Paul was trying to say. Paul says, I want to be a magnifying glass. Paul says, I want to be transparent. Paul says, I would rather people look through me than look at me. And I said, God, that's my, that's my vision for my life. I want people to not look at me. I know as wonderful as I, know I am and all of you are, you know, as good looking as I am, as all of you are, you know, when I realize what Paul, I want to imitate Paul as he imitated Christ. I want to be a magnifying glass. I want people to look at my life but not look at how amazing I am, but I want to have a magnified God behind me. I want to be transparent. I want people to look through me and see a big God and say, wow, if God can use this stuttering boy, I'm sure he can use me, man. What a big God he serves. And that's exactly what the psalmist says, come magnify the Lord together with me. So can this church be a huge magnifying glass? That when people look at this little tiny church in the middle of the city, you know, with a bunch of amazing people, but you know, doesn't seem as powerful. You know, they are not dressed powerfully. You know, they don't have all the equipment running around. There was a we, Audrey doesn't have a an armor bearer carrying his Bible as if he can't carry his own Bible. You know, we are we are perfectly fine taking our own pulpit and put it here. You know, and I, and I pray that we will never lose all these like small small things. All right? And I know that there will be times when we've got to be efficient, you know, but we don't like 
put on makeup before I speak because I've got to go on a video. You know, I, and I pray that we will never come to that place. Are you with me? I pray that you know, we will always be focused and not be distracted by our simple devotion to Jesus Christ. I pray that we will always you know, be, be clear in the way we hear God and be radical in the way we obey God. I pray that we will always understand that whatever we have received is by grace. It's all because we didn't deserve it, but because God's uncommon power is available to us and we access it through faith and together we can be this huge magnifying glass. People can look through us. It's not what Andre can do or Jason can do or what Daniel can do. And let's not lose that as we go into 2.0. Let's not lose that. We're in, in, in a great place. So I'm making an announcement this morning. Now I've been le- uh, uh, leading the church for, for eight years now. It's been an amazing, incredible journey. But you have to un- un- understand who I am. I'm super self-aware. I'm the most self-aware person. All right? I know what I can do, what I cannot do. I know what I... I'm a pioneer. I'm a... I am an apostle. I'm not Apostle Daniel Choi. It's not a title. All right? It's a function. And do you, do, you, do you know what an apostle is? It's the foundation. When was the last time you, you looked at the foundation and said, wow, that looks great, man. Beautiful foundation. <laughs> a lovely concrete. It's, it's, but that's the problem with apostles today. They all want to put up their, their play cards and say, I'm an apostle so-and-so, I'm apostle so-and-so. That goes against the spirit of the office. Are you, are you with me? And I feel strongly, I don't want to come across negative, I love them as my colleagues, but it goes against the spirit of the office. An apostle and a prophet are unseen. They are foundations of the church. And I feel this, the foundation has been laid. We have a great foundation which means my job's done. All right? It doesn't mean that I'm taking a plane to Hawaii and drink pineapple juice. It simply means no. no, no. Be part of, Ro- be part of, uh, be part of Rojak. You know, I'll, uh, I'll listen, all right? As I'll be as present as present can be. You know, I'm part of a team that you know, will be part of a church that will do amazing things. But as far as leadership is concerned, today I want to announce that on the 18th of March, which is two Sundays time, I'll be transitioning le- 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 leadership from me over to Andre. All right, so from 18th of March, we're installing him as the lead pastor of this church. And what that means is that he will uh, be responsible uh, for all executive decision. He is the primary visionary. He will be the primary uh, talking head in the front. And uh, and my job will change. You know, I'll, I'll I'll make sure he loves his wa- he, he loves his wife. I'll make sure that uh, he loves the people. I'll make sure that he's healthy. I'll make sure that you know he he keeps his head on his shoulders when God blesses us. I'll lead the board. I'll be a chairman of the board. Uh, I'll probably forever be known as founder of this church. So unfortunately, that's uh, that will that that will be my eternal vocation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding you. Uh, but I tell you what, what I'm passionate about. I'm really passionate about uh, taking what I've, what, what I've experienced in uh, the family life ministry in this church, uh, beyond the four walls of this church. But starting from, from here, I want to see an army of family ministers raised up. That's me. I'm no small dreamer, guys. 
I don't believe in retiring. All right, every transition is a promotion. Hello. Do you know what I see? I see the foundation for married ministries lacking. I see families breaking down, not just outside the four walls of the church, even in the church. And worse still, worse, worse still, worse still, worse still, with uh, pastors, something is wrong, Some, and that's not right. And someone just have to step, stand in the gap and say, hey, I think we can lay that foundation. So, so I'll, tell you, I'll tell you more, but just, this is my not-so-big announcement. I don't think it comes as a surprise for many of you. It's just a matter of when, not what. And uh, so we put together a video. It's, it's going to be a series, right? As, and and I, had, I had fun doing this. Initially, it was just two minutes, but in the end, it became a little mini-series because we're talking deeply about stuff. John Wong was the host, was over at my place, and uh, it was great. So today, it will be about nine minutes long. Sit back, relax, hear my voice a bit more. Here on We Speak, we'll, we'll bring you along in our prophetic journey and then next week there'll there'll be one more episode and then you know we will then on the third third week give you the give you the whole thing right which is about an hour long (laughs) yeah but you will you will enjoy that you know and i want you to hear from me right so no one else have heard this except the leaders but in but 18th of, of march will be a big day why do i say that because we're moving from glory to glory Amen. And I want to thank the leaders who were part of the meeting, you know, and they all stood up, all, from the youngest to the oldest. And they stood by Andre and said, Uncle Tim said that to Andre, Greg, Gabriel Tan, Gabriel Tan stood up and said, you've been a blessing to me and my family, I'll follow you. And I tell you, when I heard all these things, I know something. We're in a great place. It's amazing. And the, and the best is yet to be. And together, we'll, 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 we'll build this together. All right? You can count on, on me to stand by Mr. Tan here, right? So roll the video. Hope you enjoy my little...